0: Welcome back to more Money Minutes for Doctors. This is episode number four, where we're going to talk about what doctors need to consider when creating your own financial plan. So welcome, I'm Catherine Vesnes here, your host. I'm also the CEO and founder of MD Financial Advisors. So today we're going to talk to you about financial plans. We're going to cover what's included in a financial plan and some things you need to know when you sit down with an advisor. Now for further questions or if there's something you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please reach out to us. You can do that by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. Don't forget to like subscribe and follow us on social media at MD financial advisors. So you don't miss an episode. Now let's start with the first thought. Why does every doctor need a financial plan? Well, that's because your financial situation is so much more complicated than an engineer's, than a high school teacher's, and sometimes even an attorney's. I have to tell you my first shock when it came to why doctors plan for surgery. So I was actually meeting with one of our clients in their office. Uh, This gentleman was a thoracic surgeon and he was getting ready to go into surgery shortly after our meeting. I was completely blown away because he had this very thick notebook on his desk and it was all about the surgery that he was going to be doing that particular day for that particular patient. And I was completely shocked about how much prep work he had to do in order to go in and do that surgery. I guess I was thinking he could just go in, slice open the patient and he would somehow magically know what to do. So that really taught me a lot about your jobs and how much work you have to do to make sure that every patient has a great outcome. Well, we do the same thing on our side. It takes an entire team here. We have about 12 people and it sometimes takes a good portion of them to put together a financial plan for our doctors And these can change from doctor to doctor. They're based upon your goals, your own personal financial situation, and the complexity of what's going on in your life. So let's talk about the main things that we wanna make sure that we get covered in every plan and that you should be thinking about in your own plan. So we actually start with a budget or a cash flow statement. Now, I'll be frank, I've worked with thousands and thousands of financial advisors. I do believe we're the only financial advisor I know that actually does a budget with clients. And this came to me a couple years after we started working with doctors. And I'd ask them some basic questions like, you know, in order to fund your children's college, you're going to need to be saving 500, you know, thousand a month, whatever the situation was. And I'd say, can you do that? And very often, the doctor would say back to me, I don't know. And I learned over time that most of our clients have no idea how much money they're spending. And that means they have no idea what they can afford, whether it comes to a new house or whether it comes to funding college or even taking that really, really fun trip. So when we put together a budget for a client, we want to include absolutely everything from housing costs to investments, to savings. And yes, something that's very important, fun money. You guys have worked really, really hard to get where you're at, and I wanna make sure you've got some money in the budget every single month for having fun with. So we create this so our clients have a realistic idea of what they can afford and what they can't. And this really gives clients a sense of peace about what they are doing for their financial future, what they can do now, and how it's going to keep them focused on their roadmap to whatever their particular financial goals are. Personally, I believe money is a lot like children. They need to be monitored and it has to be disciplined. So I wanna make it easy for our clients and one of the ways we do that is creating this budget and it allows clients to know how much they should be saving and investing every month. And my personal belief is it's a lot easier for you if you just take that out. It's the first thing that comes out after your paycheck and then you live on the rest. That makes life a lot easier. And it also means you don't have to go to the hassle of looking every month and seeing exactly where every dollar went. Who likes to do that? I don't do that for myself. I don't wanna put that on to clients. But here's the good news. They don't need to do that. Once they figure out how much they're planning to save and invest and they do that first, the rest of the month kind of magically takes care of itself. So once again, we start with budgets. The next thing we move on is insurance. The two areas that I think are big concerns are life insurance and disability insurance. Life insurance you want to have in case there's a premature death and someone is dependent upon your income. And disability insurance is if you're too sick or injured to work and it helps cover those living expenses. We've talked about those in previous episodes, so I'm not gonna go into those in great detail today. But I will say one of the things we do as a firm is we always double check your own individual life and disability policies. Sometimes our clients are very surprised to find they can find something that's either much better or even a lot cheaper. And if that's the situation, we're gonna make those recommendations for you. Um, If not, I believe our ethics call us to tell you what you've got is something that's really good, hang on to it. So that's a big part of our philosophy as advisors. Now, next thing we wanna look at is debt plans. For a big percentage of our population of doctors, maybe 50% or even more, they have a high level of medical school and undergraduate loans. So we look at very individual plans on how to pay back the debts. As you know, some clients are in public service loan forgiveness. They may be using pay as you earn or repay or some of the other programs. And we'll look at those and very often we will compare them to does it make sense to refinance the debt now, not to be in those programs and to get it paid off at maybe a different rate. So I think it's helpful just to look at those situations what you're doing may be great for you, but it's nice to have a second set of eyes at it so you feel very comfortable with your debt plan. Now, for some of our doctors, it's not so much about school loans, but it's about credit card debt. And yes, I have seen 50 year old doctors who are making five or $600 a year and have 50, 60, $70,000 in credit card debt that they're carrying over every single month. Now, this is usually a red flag for me and a heads up because it's a sign to me that whatever they're doing, they're not able to live within their means that month. And so the reason they, uh, they need to rely on those credit cards is they don't have an emergency fund or for whatever other reasons they can't live within their prescribed take-home pay every month. So for those doctors, my heart really goes out to them. I don't want them to have to live with that incredible burden of credit card debt. It's like being in prison. So that's another thing that we'll work on is how can we get out of credit card debt and stay out of credit card debt. All right, now we get to move on to some of the areas that I think are a little more fun. Retirement for some people. I don't think of it as sitting on a porch on a rocker like my grandparents. I think of it as financial independence, or where work is actually optional for you. Now, this is going to be your biggest financial rock, your biggest financial goal, because if you're planning on retiring at 65, let's say, there's a really, really good chance you're going to live to 95. That means 30 years, 30 years that your money, your investments have to last you. That is a very, very long time. Now, what is it going to take to meet your goal? And here's part of the problem we have with young doctors. Very often you don't finish your training till you're 35. And if you're planning to retire at 65, that only gives you 30 years to save for retirement during the same time that you're paying off medical school loans or dental school loans, and you're trying to raise your children and maybe even save for their college. So we've got 30 years to maybe save for this goal, and. 30 years that we need to have this money to last during a time period where inflation is making the cost of living continue to rise every single year. So one of the things we'll do is take, what is your number? What is the amount of money that by the time you retire, you're going to need in a variety of different investment and retirement accounts. Now this is absolutely crucial because we do not want any doctor to ever retire and then run out of money 5, 10, 15 years later. Why? It's horrible. Doctors retire, run out of money. You're in a tough place because you can't go back and uh, hang up a medical shingle and start practicing medicine or dentistry again. That's completely different than my life. I'm an attorney. I could have retired in 07, but this is just way too much fun. Who would want to do this because it's just... I I can't imagine leaving this because it's so much fun every single day. But if I retired, I ran out of money in 10 years, eh, I hang up a shingle, I can practice law, I can go back and do financial advice. That's a much different situation for our clients, doctors and dentists. So it's hugely important to us that we put together a plan where you won't run out of money in retirement. Now to do that, we look at a lot of different things. What is your lifestyle going to be like in retirement? What does that translate to in dollars, in today's dollars? How much can you save between now and then? Can you work part-time or not? These are some of the many, many factors that we take into consideration when we're doing these projections. And one of the biggest ones is, how do we uh, look at tax-efficient investing, which I'll be talking about in just a minute, because that's going to have a big impact on your future. And very often, We find it's in a client's best interest. If you've got an old retirement plan, an old 401k or 403b, sometimes it makes sense to roll that over into an IRA so you can manage all of your investments in one place. Uh, The good news is if you do that correctly, there's no tax consequences today. And it's one of the things that we can do to help minimize your taxes in the future. So, also when we're planning for this work optional or financial independence, we want to make sure that we're using the right investment vehicles in the right tax categories. So, that's one of the things we'll do is look at various investment options because you'll see some of them will be able to get you to your goals sooner and some of them may get you to your goals safer. Big things to be thinking about. All right, once we have some goals in mind, and you have a clear picture of, okay, what is this going to take me on a monthly basis to get to my financial goal of, ret- of retiring or having work optional, then we do what I consider the really fun part, talking about investments. Now, a lot of our doctors don't have a big background in investments. Some of them don't even know what a stock or bond is. And investment basics is going to be a topic that we're going to be talking about in a future episode. So I hope you'll tune in for that it's very important for our doctors to get the right investment in the right tax bucket, because this can literally shave years off of a retirement goal. Or if you don't do it correctly, unfortunately it can push retirement further and further into the future because you don't have enough money to be able to take into consideration the taxes in retirement. So I was just talking to a client yesterday. She was very, precious. And she was telling me how much she was getting out of our meetings, because I want them to be so educational. And she was a client that did not realize that her 401k had never been taxed, and that in retirement, it was all going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. And she was just completely shocked by this. That meant her million dollar 401k that she's thinking is going to be fantastic, for getting her through, retirement is probably only worth about 600000 because she lives in a very high tax state. Big shock. Big, big, big shock. And she starts talking to her other girlfriends and amazingly, none of them knew that this 401k or 403b was going to be taxed in retirement. So not doing this correctly can cost a lot in not only in taxes and in returns, something we wanna take into consideration. So it's not only important to have a diversified investment portfolio that's diversified for risk, but that it's also diversified for tax efficiency. My next thing we wanna talk about, tax efficient investing. So there are very few financial advisors I've found that are into tax efficient investing. And honestly, this is very sad because our clients are all in very high tax brackets today But guess what? They're going to be in a high tax bracket in retirement. And that's a shock to a lot of them because they've bought into the retirement myth that they're going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. Well, in order for that to happen, one of two things has to happen. Either you have to dramatically reduce your living, your lifestyle in retirement, so your income in retirement goes way down. I have very few clients that want to take a pay cut in retirement. Or number two, Congress needs to get some sanity in there and lower tax rates and completely keep them lowered. I don't see either of those two things happening for most of our clients. So we want to put together a tax efficient investment plan so that we can work with our clients to save taxes today, but also most important, save taxes in retirement when they're not earning money from their regular jobs. Now, this is such a fun topic for me that we'll be doing an entire episode or two about this in the future. So hopefully you'll tune back for that particular podcast. Now, next thing on our list is how do we plan for big purchases? A big one here is children's college, children's children's education, much to our client's surprise, it's not unusual for doctors whose babies are born this year. And in order to save for college, they need to save deep breath, 500 to a thousand dollars per month, every month between now and between when baby darling turns 18 and is heading off to college. So it's usually a shock to our clients, how much is really it's really going to take in order to be able to meet those goals. But once again, it's better to know about it today and then we can make adjustments as opposed to getting to college and being hit with these huge astronomical college costs. And just in case you don't have children yet and you're thinking about them in the future, or you have very young children, don't see, be surprised if you're thinking about paying for your child to go to Yale, uh, Stanford, Harvard, some of, the, some of the prestigious Ivy schools, that you could be looking at $72,000 a year in today's dollars. So that can be a very, very big, big price tag. Now, we also like to look at other big purchases, whether it's a wedding, a new car, home, traveling, taking care of parents. These are things that we want to put into the budget and make sure that you've got a plan for them. And we can use different strategies on these and different investment strategies because sometimes you have very short-term needs, so we don't want to take as much risk. But those are some of the things that we'll be talking about as we go through your plan now we also want to consider estate planning currently we're in a place where federal estate tax doesn't kick into very high levels i'll be frank i can't think of a single one of our current doctors that has enough wealth or is in on track to getting enough wealth that they're going to be worried about federal estate tax unfortunately though Those rules are set to expire in a few years, in which case almost all of our doctor's estates are gonna be subject to federal estate tax. And many of the states have not followed the federal guidelines, which means even if your current estate would not be subject to federal taxes, very likely you're going to be subject to state taxes. Particularly, we look at states like Minnesota, Rhode Island, or just two, that still have very, very low thresholds. So when it comes to a estate plan, we want to do a couple of things. We want to make sure that you're not going to be hit with undue taxes, but we also want to make sure that your children's money is going to be managed. So it's not unusual for our clients to have four or five million dollars, or sometimes more, in life insurance proceeds. None of them want their eighteen-year-old children to be getting a check for two, three, four million dollars the day they turn 18. We think most 18 year olds are probably not in a place to manage that. So we wanna take a look at who can be managing that money for them, what beloved trusted trustee can be managing that money and making sure your children are not blowing it and they are using it for college because that's what you'd want even if something happened horrible and there was a premature death so estate planning is something we want to look at Uh, we also sometimes look at it when it comes to asset protection strategies now our clients know that i am an attorney i'm of counsel to a law firm named meserly and kramer so for many of our clients we use them for doing the estate plans but if that's not convenient for clients we're more than happy to work with your local attorney Uh, no worries there we're happy to do that now good news We are very close to launching our new financial freedom blueprint, which is a special tracking device that we're using for our clients, where you can see where you start. And over time, you're going to be able to see the progress that you make towards your goals. And one of the reasons that we're putting together this blueprint is it was very often I was noticing clients were coming to me and they're saying things like, well, Catherine, you've got me saving so much more money than my colleagues. My colleagues aren't saving anywhere near this much money. And it was all I could do to keep from laughing. And the reason is I know your colleagues. Well, maybe not specifically, but in general terms, I know your colleagues and I know they're not saving enough. And I know they're going to be running out of money in retirement, or they're going to be financing their kid's college at very, very high interest rates. And it occurred to me that our clients shouldn't be comparing themselves to their colleagues who probably don't know what they're doing and are in terrible financial shape. They should be comparing themselves to what the successful doctor is doing with their finances. And that is one of the things we're going to be doing in our new financial freedom blueprint is work you through how do you stack up versus your colleagues and how do you stack up against those successful doctors who've really learned to master their money. So, In that blueprint, we're gonna be going through each of these issues and a lot more. And we'll also be talking about some of the red flags that keep you from actually reaching your financial goals. Now, the last thing I wanna cover today is common mistakes we see with doctors who don't have a financial plan. This is something we see with a lot of do-it-yourself investors. Uh, Number one, as I alluded to earlier, they haven't taken the taxes into consideration. Once again, that 401k that these 60-year-old doctors think is worth 2 or $3 million is really not worth that much when you take out the ordinary income taxes. And so they haven't actually saved as much money as they needed to. In fact, I think they should relabel 401ks and 403bs. It shouldn't say Dr. Martin. It should say Dr. Martin and Uncle Sam, because Uncle Sam hasn't been paid on that money yet. And he's looking for it when you retire. Second big mistake we see is just doctors who haven't saved enough. For some reason, their high income has covered a multitude of sins up until now. They've been able to live the lifestyle that they want. They've had plenty of money coming in from their income. They think they're doing a good job. But I know that they have not saved nearly enough because they have a very high likelihood of running out of money in retirement. And you know how it is in medicine when you've been practicing medicine a long time, you don't have to run tests. You know a lot of times what the patient's problems are. I find that because I've been doing this for so many years. I know clients just by looking at their balance sheet, whether they're gonna run out of money or not. But I don't like to tell them that because I much prefer to show them that using our financial software and the projections because I think they have a lot more confidence in that. So very important things to do. Now for some of our clients, who've done their own calculations. Occasionally I get the doctor whose spouse is the finance professor or the math whiz. And they're like, I've done this, I think we're okay, but I just want a second opinion. So I have to commend them for getting a second opinion. Very, very important to do in this area because you really can't afford mistakes when it comes to your personal finances. But when they do their own calculations, I've noticed very often they haven't taken inflation into consideration They haven't taken changing tax rates inflation into consideration, particularly when they could be up. And they haven't taken into consideration that we're going to have ups and downs in market returns. So those are some of the things I like to do into every plan to try to get it as bulletproof as possible. Let's run a separate scenario that says, what if taxes go up 10% or 15%? How does that impact your future? Does that mean you're going to be running out of money early? How soon? Or what if returns are actually not as good as they've been the last 20 or 30 years? What if they're down even just 1% less per year? Or, heaven forbid, what happens if both happen at the same time? So these are things you're going to want to look at in your own financial plan because you want, as I said, to get it as bulletproof as possible so you can sleep at night. So in conclusion, I want to tell you our goal is basically four things for every client. I want our clients to have more time, less stress, less taxes, and more wealth. And that kind of summarizes everything I want them to get out of our financial planning process. Now, I know it's a lot, but one of the things we do for our clients to make sure this is as easy as possible is we actually give them a link to a very robust financial website. And this is a website that will aggregate all of their financial data in one easy to read place. And they can see all of their accounts in one time and all in real time, which I think gives them a great deal of peace. So there's a lot that goes into doctor's finances. And remember, we've got a shorter period of time to do this accumulation phase. Keep in mind, when I got out of law school, I was 24. I had like an 11 year head start on most of our clients. So we've got that 30 year period that we've got to crunch in a lot of of savings, but also I wanna make sure that you have lots of fun too. So our goal is to take the stress of this off of your mind so that you can sleep better at night. So we do recommend giving your finances a welfare checkup if you haven't done that lately, and you can always reach out to us for a complimentary consultation. So in closing, please follow us on social media, if you have found this helpful, I'd really appreciate it if you'd forward it to your colleagues, probably give them some things to think about. Do send us your questions and topics for future episodes, because I want to make sure that I can cover those. And finally, you can reach out to us directly for a second opinion on your financial health by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. Take care.